0: I sensed that uh, you wanted to say thanks to the bluegrass band. Let's just go ahead and do that. Thanks so much. Come on in and uh, find a seat. Uh, you know, my wife and I, we left Kentucky in September, and this morning I was kind of thinking we shouldn't, we shouldn't have left the bib overalls uh, there. We should have brought them with us. Uh, this morning would have been quite appropriate, the mouth harp, uh, all the good stuff. I thought Dean and Kathy Ferge were going to burst out into a little dance, though, for a while. I... I thought maybe we were going to see you out here, and you were going to show us a little do-si-do action, but that didn't happen. Maybe next time, huh? If if you had a little advance warning. Hey, we're glad you're here this morning. Uh, My name is Paul Mumaw, and I'm the lead pastor here at Genesis Church, and uh, we're excited that you're here with us. Uh, If you call Genesis your home, or you're a guest today, we're, we're glad to have you here. Uh, the football game was a little disheartening, wasn't it? Uh, I, I, have, I have learned in my life that sports will break your heart over and over again, especially if you're an Illinois Fighting Illini fan like me. Uh, it'll break your heart. And watching that game last night, you know, I'm... I I like football. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of any particular team. I'm going to learn to like the Colts, but my five-year-old absolutely loves the Colts right now. We let him stay up till about the second quarter last night and watch part of it, and I was sad for him last night when they lost. Of thinking what it was going to be like to tell him this morning uh, that the Colts had lost, and I know that some of you are feeling that weight today. So we're just going to talk about pain and brokenness here this morning, (laughs) and how to how to get by, especially with IU playing the way that they are, and uh, uh, how do we get by until next fall, but, uh, but no, seriously, uh, we, are, we are glad you're here today, and I'm excited to, to share with you uh, a little bit this morning some of the things that God has been speaking into my heart. How, how was your holidays? Everyone have good holidays, good Christmas, good New Year's? Uh, little, little adventurous for the Moomaw household, we left the Tuesday Before Christmas. Now you might recall that was the night the ice hit and I heard it was quite adventurous here in Noblesville. We decided to get out of town before the ice and so we left at nine o'clock in the morning to make the three and a half hour drive to Springfield, Illinois. We got to Champaign in about two hours. No problems. We were right on time. It's about another hour and a half to Springfield from Champaign. It took us almost five. Five hours. The freezing rain started. Uh, we're in the minivan, okay, and we're traveling along. And I mean, the, the rain, the ice is just coming down like mad. And the windshield is covering up. The windshield wipers are, are getting all covered with ice. We had the heat on full blast. I mean, the kids were crying in the back asking us to turn the heat down because it was so hot in the van. We had to open the windows uh, just, to, just to kind of balance out the temperature a little bit. But it was awful. I mean, I, I we my wife and I we were at this place where we had no idea what to do if we should just keep going. And we watched, we watched a vehicle coming down the other side of the freeway go into a 360 spin a couple of times and slide down the road. There were cars and trucks in the ditch. We stopped twice uh, in that five hour journey and, and really came very close to getting a motel room, even though we were so close to my parents. Uh, we, we finally made it to Decatur, Illinois, which is about 40 miles from my parents' house. And we sat in a motel lobby for about an hour, just trying to think what, what would be the best for our family. The hardest part was just knowing the next morning we would get up and it'd be a forty minute drive to grandma and grandpa's and here we are thinking about staying in a motel. Well the conditions improved a little bit and we decided let's go ahead and take the last forty forty mile stretch you know we've got about two three hours of light left and and we've been going 15-20 mile an hour let's just do it and so we got started it 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 seemed like it had warmed up a little bit and the road conditions were saying that it was going to get better the closer you got to Springfield well this first five mile stretch outside of Decatur I thought we had made the worst decision of our entire life I mean it was you could just hear yourself driving across ice. I mean have you ever seen the show Ice Road Truckers? On the, I think it's on the History Channel or A&E or something. I felt like we were driving on ice road truckers, you know, with a very valuable load in the back being three kids. And uh, there was like this semi tipped over in the ditch. I was like, oh look Jenny, that's what the bottom of a semi looks like, you know. I mean I'd never seen it before. And uh, well fortunately the road conditions did get better and better the closer we got to Springfield. And, and I can still remember It was almost as if as we were driving down our lane, one lane being used on the freeway, there were two tire tracks that just gradually started to open up. And as long as you would stay in those two tire tire tracks, It it was dry enough that you felt pretty comfortable going twenty, thirty mile an hour. And even as we got to Springfield, the conditions improved. And eventually, we were going at the high rate of speed of fifty mile an hour, pulling into Grandma and Grandpa's house. I got out of the car at my mom and dad's, and I mean, my body was like frozen like this because I had been so tense holding onto that steering wheel for so long. But we did have a good trip. We had a good time uh, with mom and dad, and uh, glad to be back and glad to be rolling with you. And, And I'm excited to share with you a little bit this morning. And and. How I'm going to share this morning is a little unconventional for me. Uh, If you haven't figured out yet, I I at least, I hope it appears, I like to be very prepared when I preach. And I I spend a lot of time getting ready with my notes. and, And I've decided to do something a little different today. I'm going to spend a few minutes with you looking at some scripture. And just kind of extracting a truth That I believe comes from those scriptures And then I'm going to kind of go unconventional for me And and just really kind of share from my heart a little bit Some of the things that I feel like God has been teaching me Over the last four months of being here at Genesis Church And so it's a little bit of looking back And if you were here last week, Steve Wallen did a great job Just kind of helping us look back as a church over the past year And just celebrating all the great work uh, that God has been doing And so I'm going to look back a little bit But as I wrap up this morning I want to look forward with you and and see if we can't get excited about what we believe God uh, is going to do Or the potential uh, that God has to do through your lives and and through Genesis Church If you've got your Bibles, turn to the book of Exodus We're going to start in Exodus, go to chapter 3, Exodus chapter 3 Second book of the Bible, Uh, the book of Exodus is the story of the great exit It's the nation of Israel leaving Egypt on their way to the promised land through God's leadership, through Moses' leadership, uh, and all the good things that God had in store uh, for these people as he led them. Uh, Exodus chapter 3. Beginning at verse 7, Moses is in the wilderness. He escaped um, his home in Egypt after killing uh, the Egyptian soldier. Uh, he, he ran for his life. He's afraid, and God appears to him in the burning bush. And in verse 7, we see a little bit of this dialogue between, between God and Moses. Uh, beginning at verse 7, let me read for you. It says, The Lord said, I have indeed seen the misery of my people in Egypt. I have heard them crying out because of their slave drivers, And I am concerned about their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of that land into a good and spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey, the home of the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites, termites, and Jebusites. Ha ha. See, I made a New Year's resolution that I'm going to start telling corny preacher jokes, all right? So just get used to it. Get over it. And now, it says, and now the cry of the Israelites has reached me, And I have seen the way the Egyptians are oppressing them. So now, go. I am sending you to Pharaoh to bring my people, the Israelites, out of Egypt. And so the Israelites were God's chosen people. Uh, They belonged to God. They, They held a very special place in the heart of God, and they were a part of his great divine purpose. And God had a great plan for his people. And that plan no longer included slavery in Egypt. Now, while there was a time that that was a part of God's plan, no longer did God's plan include slavery in Egypt, and so it was time to move these people to a new place. He wanted to move them out of bondage in Egypt through Moses' leadership to this new land. It says here, uh, verse 11, But Moses said to God, Who am I? Who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of Egypt? And so Moses was afraid, and, and I think that's all right. I think every single one of us would be afraid for such a task. Why wouldn't he be a little bit afraid? And I, I think he's asking a legitimate question when he says, you know, who am I, God? I mean, let, let's compare, compare ourselves here. Let, let's compare ourselves with what you're capable of and what I'm capable of. And, and so I, I'm a little fearful of this. I, I'm not quite sure I'm the man for this type of a position. And, and the conversation leans to this. It, it kind of draws on those first verses there in verses 6 through 9 when God says, I have indeed seen the misery... I have heard them crying out. I am concerned about their suffering. I have come down to rescue them. I have seen the way. And so in Moses' mind, he's probably just wondering, hey, if this is your problem, why don't you just simply take care of it yourself and and I'll follow along or something? But instead, God places this responsibility in Moses' lap. And then in verse 12, it says, and God said, I will be with you. And this will be the sign to you that it is I who have sent you. When you have brought the people up out of Egypt, you will worship God on this mountain. And so Moses, whether you like it or not, whether you're scared of, of this task that I am assigning to you, go do it. I have called you for this specific purpose. You're my guide to get the job done and I will be with you. I'll go with you. And, and these are so much more than encouraging words. God is promising more than just giving this warm, fuzzy feeling to Moses that he can somehow walk away and go and do this task. No, God is promising, Moses, here's what happens in all of this. I will actually go out in front of you and do the leading, and here's your responsibility. You just follow me. Uh, you follow me. I'll be your great blocker. I'll be your great fullback, and I'll go out in front of you, and I will open the way for you to get done what needs to get done to deliver my people to this new place. And so you probably have an idea of how the story continues. Moses goes before Pharaoh, 10 times, 9 times he asks for his people to be delivered. The 10 plagues come to Egypt. Finally, after the 10th plague, Pharaoh relents and he frees the people and God's people were no longer slaves. And then skip over if you would to chapter 12, go to Exodus chapter 12 verse 51 we've got the verse for you and here's what it says on that very day who the lord brought the israelites out of egypt by their divisions now who's leading here there's there's no mention of Moses he's part of it all he's right there with god he's leading the way but but no more importantly who's leading the way god is leading the way uh, he he opened the way he he set the block you know, God is leading the way for his people. He paved the path for his people to leave Egypt, just as he had told Moses. And then go over a few more verses, if you would, to Exodus chapter 13, verses 20 and t- through 22. It says, after leaving Sukkoth, this is the nation of Israel, they camped at Etham on the edge of the desert. By day, the Lord went ahead of them in a pillar of cloud to guide them on their way. And by night, in a pillar of fire to give them light so that they could travel by day or by night neither the pillar of cloud by day nor the pillar of fire by night left its place where in front of the people and so the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire guided the people every single day day and night this these cloud this cloud this fire it, it symbolized god's presence with the people it, it was his leadership I mean, where was the presence of God? It was out in front of the people. And so God's out front leading and the people are following. And because of this, the nation of Israel had no reason to be afraid. They they had no reason to believe or to think that they might get lost or that they could fail. God had a destination in mind for his people and he had every intention of making sure that they got there. And I think there's a lesson in here for us as a church. It's a great truth that every single one of us has to embrace. If God leads and we're willing to follow, we'll get to where he wants us to be. If God leads and we are willing to follow, we can't fail. God wins. He always gets the job done. And so this morning, what I wanna do is I wanna just share with you uh, some thoughts that kind of have been going through my mind over the past four months of being here at Genesis. Um, I am not a journaler. I try, uh, and one time I bought this really cool book because I thought it would be cool to have a journal in this type of a book, and, and I'm not very consistent. I can get in like a three or four day run of journaling, and then I take like a month off. And, uh, but this, this past week, I decided to do some reflecting, and so I got out my handy-dandy journal and uh, just did some writing and just kind of asked the question, God, what is it that you have been teaching me uh, over these past four months uh, that I might be able to share uh, with you and to just kind of give you some insight of what's been going on in my heart that I think also maybe kind of lends itself to some future direction of our church and where, where I believe that God may be leading us to go, and so these are things that God has been teaching me, and I didn't make a lot of notes, and so I'm just gonna share with you for a few minutes and talk you through a few of these things, and, uh, and then we're gonna pray together at the end and, and continue uh, in some of our worship. But if you'll bear with me, let, let me just share with you uh, a few of the thoughts that God has been teaching me. I've got five of them. And the first one is this. I could not be more confident that God's plan for me and my family is Genesis Church. Uh, and and I, I can't tell you how great that is, how, how awesome of a feeling that that is for our family. And I hope, I hope it's good news for you too. Some of you are like, great. Um, but, you know, as I, as I reflect, like in my own little personal world, as I reflect and look back on the years of my life and the journey that God has taken me on, it, it is humbling and moving to me to see how God worked in so many specific ways to prepare me for this season of my life, to prepare my family for this season of my life. I mean, I go as far back as just making the decision to attend Anderson University. You know, there was really no reason, no, no specific reason to go to Anderson. I grew up in central Illinois. Anderson was just another private Christian college and there are plenty of them in Illinois as well, but for some reason God opened a door and I went to Anderson and met some of the greatest friends of my life and, and met my beautiful wife, Jenny, uh, my, my great partner. Um, My connections to uh, my first church that I was a part of came through being at Anderson as we went to Michigan and spent five years serving at a church in St. Joseph, Michigan. And then it was through my connections with Anderson University that God opened a door for my family to go to Louisville, Kentucky, where we served for three years. And and even through some connections of Anderson and such to end up here. But here's what I think God was was doing even more so, is that this place has really kind of become home you know, for being a part of a family, I know some of you have moved around. And if you're like Jenny and I, you know, we've been married for about 10 years now. We've wondered, like, where's home? You know, I mean, this is a real morbid thought. But, like, if, we, if one of us died, where, where would we be buried, you know? I mean, I, I know it's just our, our physical body, but I, I have no idea. I mean, I, you know, I spent 20 years in Springfield, Illinois, and, and that place means a lot to me. But it's been a long time since I've been there. And I think for Jenny and I, as we considered, you know, where's home central indiana has just always felt like home to us and that that would be a great place for our family to serve and and over the past couple of years you know while we had a great run and really enjoyed ministry in louisville kentucky there was just this uneasiness inside of us that it was temporary that that was like the word that god had given us it's temporary get ready I'm going to call you at any moment and so over the last year Jenny and I we just started praying. We prayed that God would call us to where he wanted us to be and that we could make that place home and that it could be a great place to raise our children, it could be a great place to invest our lives. And I'll always remember uh, that April day when Jenny and I we were driving back from Florida and we were just outside of Birmingham, Indiana and the phone rang and it was Steve Wallen. And he said, uh, "Hey, you don't know us um, we're just getting to know you a little bit uh, we'd like to talk to you about the possibility of coming back to central Indiana to Noblesville uh, to pastor our church and I, I got off the phone and, and I told Jenny we, we pulled off to the side of the road it was raining really really hard we have this thing with like driving and bad weather um, but we pulled off to the side of the road and, and just kind of shared some tears with one another And I can remember Jenny saying, we're we're gonna go do this. I know this is where God is gonna call us to be. And and then to see it come together, and we came here and met you and found out you were just as weird as we are, and it was just a great fit for everybody. We think and believe, and that God has called us here, and, and we could not be more confident to be here and to call this place home and to call this church our church and to be a part of this community. And Joel, I remember it's probably been a month or two ago, we were talking about living in Kentucky and, and he doesn't remember living in Michigan, but he said this, he said, mom, dad, um, can we stay here a really, really long time? I'm tired of moving. And, uh, and I can say from my own heart too, and my wife shares the same sentiment that this is home. And we're excited to be here. And as I look back and think that God was putting all of the pieces together to align my family and this church, that we get to be a part of this place with you. I mean, again, I don't want this to come across as like we're the Savior of the world or whatever. I'm just saying, here's my personal life, my personal journey, and we're excited to be a part of this place. Psalm chapter 139, verse 16. This verse came to mind this morning. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. And I see God working that out in my life, and I trust that he's doing that in yours, well, yours too. God's plan, God's will always gets done, and uh, I'm thankful for that. The second thing is that God has given me a humble confidence to lead you know how people have these great ambitions. Maybe you're a person of great ambition. Maybe your great ambition is to own your own business or to own your own business and you achieved it. Or you knew you wanted to be a doctor or you wanted to just get married and to have a great husband and to have kids and to be a mom and to stay home. You know, we all have these great ambitions. I have to be real honest with you for a second. While I feel called to ministry and believe without a doubt that this is what God has designed and been working in me to do, it has not been a driving ambition of mine to be a lead pastor. Now, I always knew it was a possibility and I've got people in my life, some mentors who look at my life uh, objectively and speak to me very honestly that have have spoken to me and have said, Paul, this is what God is preparing for you to do. It's only a matter of time. But it hasn't been a driving ambition of mine. And I'll just be real honest with you, I've been scared of it i mean, a position like this has just freaked me out a little bit. It, it's, it's worried me. I haven't felt equipped or prepared or, or wondered if I'd be up for the task or, or capable of doing what it requires. Uh, and, and there have been a couple of opportunities that came up in the last couple of years to at least explore the option of being a lead pastor to another church and, and for whatever reason, it didn't work out. And I have to admit, I was always a little relieved. It was like, oh, okay, well, I don't have to do that. That would be really, really hard. But, uh, but I remember a, a good friend of mine Uh, His name's Jeff, he's a pastor, and he told me one day, he said, you know, Paul, there's gonna come a day when you're gonna have to take a position in a church that will drive you to your knees, a position that teaches you that God's in control and that you're not, and that his grace is sufficient even for you. And so I remember when when Genesis called and we started talking with the elders and, and meeting with some of the people from here, that there was just a sense of peace with all of it. I think it was the first time in my life where, where God had just really gotten a hold of my heart and was communicating to me, Paul, this is bigger than you, but that's how it works. You see, I need to lead, you need to do the, be the one who, who's doing the following. And and so there, there was just a great sense of peace that came over me. And the more we learned about the staff and, and loved the staff and loved the elders and the board and, and you as the people of this church, there was just, while there was this fear, there was this peace that God was saying, I- I'll take care of it. This is what I've been preparing you for. And so the best way that I can describe what God has given to me over the last four months is this. It's two words. It's a humble confidence, a very humble confidence. I, I feel God working in my life more than I ever have before. And that's, it's exciting and it's frightening all at the same time. But I'm just I'm amazed and I'm thankful as I look back of what God has been willing to do in me and that that I have been able to feel his presence and his leadership. And I'm gonna make a lot of mistakes and I've made some mistakes so far. But I'm thankful for our elder team and their wisdom and the staff that I get to work with and the volunteers of this church and all of you because we're gonna get there. And if we're willing to allow God to lead and if we're willing to follow, we can't fail. And and God can do a great work through us. Philippians chapter four, verse 13 says, I can do everything, Through him who gives me strength. And that can be a great verse and a great uh, word of encouragement for you today that you can do everything through Christ who gives you strength. The third thing is that God will provide. Uh, That's one of the lessons that God has been teaching me over the last four months, and that is that God will provide. Now, you remember my friend that I just told you about who said, Paul, you will have to take a position that will one day drive you to your knees. I think it was day three on the job here. I sent him an email and just said, just got off my knees. Uh, You were right. And uh, I think as I just began to absorb, you know, the task and what it requires, uh, it was a little overwhelming. But I think in one of those areas that it's really challenged me, and I'm just going to be honest with you, is the money thing. You know, because first of all, when it comes to my own personal life and the management of our own family savings, I stress out about money. I do. I worry about it. It's a natural tendency of mine to worry. And when I came to Genesis, you know, regardless of the situation, just beginning to understand that as the lead pastor, you know, you're a part of that team that daily has to take a look at the budget and the finances to make sure that all the bills are paid and we're not overspending in any particular area. And with the economy the way it is, and, and I think some of the transition that Genesis had gone through, it was a little bit of a trying time coming onto the job those first couple of months and seeing, wow, um, we're a little under budget in our giving and our reserves that we've been able to draw from, it's coming to an end. And, and I had some nights where I was laying awake in bed and, and, and definitely was praying and it was, it was challenging my prayer life. And, and I'll always remember this. Back in October, We had an elder board meeting where we got together to specifically talk about the budget. And I think we shared, I shared some of these things with you already. But we had to make some decisions. I mean, we had to take a look realistically and just say, hey, we've got to take off the blinders and look at the situation as is, and really think about what we're going to do to make sure that we can stay on track as a church. And it was a real possibility that we were gonna to have to look at cutting payroll, or making some adjustments with staff, or, or at least looking that as a, as a possibility for the future, or, or changing the way that we do things as a church. And I'll always remember as we sat in that meeting, I think there were seven or eight of us, uh, of these men who, who lead in this church, I'll never forget when Tom Anthony one of our board members spoke up and he said, fellas, here's what I think we need to do. As we go into a time of prayer tonight, I think we need to spend a few minutes thanking God for providing for every single penny that this church has ever needed. Because this church has never missed a bill. This church has never missed a paycheck. The people of this church have always given generously. We've got this great facility to meet in now. And I think our focus might be a little off track as we focus on what we don't have right now And I think we need to say thanks to god for what we do have And that was a moment, you know Just a moment that I think I will always treasure in my heart and and I wish I had thought of it I wish I had been the one to say it, but I it wasn't me But that's why we have an elder team. That's why we have a board and and so we prayed together and we just gave thanks to god And then we walked out of that meeting and said, you know what, we just need to have a real conversation with the church. We need to tell them where we are and what it's going to take to keep going where we need to go. And so we came in here, and I remember we invited those of you who called Genesis to stay afterwards, and we kind of had a family meeting where we just laid it out. And then we launched into like a 40-week series on money. I mean, we've just been talking about money, you know. It's just like the new guy. The last thing you want to talk about is the new guy is money and be labeled as the money guy of the church. But we talked about it. But here's the great thing. God provided he provided through you and he worked in your home and he worked in your life and he challenged you to give and to give faithfully and over the last couple of months as we talked about last week God has provided for every single penny that we've needed and then some uh, and you'll remember a couple of weeks ago we took the, the offering the special offering for living water where we gave money to a well project and you gave $4,400 over and above what you typically give each week so that there can be people living in this world right now who will have clean water to drink. You know how awesome that is? And, and, and really, it was a little frightening because you know, we knew that, hey, you know, we're given. Do we really want to ask for something additional right now? And a couple of weeks ago, when we gave that living water offering, it was one of the largest offerings that Genesis Church has ever given as we gave to God and as we watch God provide. Philippians chapter four, verse 19 says, and my God will meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. How many of our needs? All of our needs, all of my needs. God will provide, he always provides, he always gets the job done. The fourth thing that God has been teaching me is that This is a special place with special people. And I'm not just yanking your chain when I say that either. I mean, there is something special about Genesis Church. You know, I've had many friends that have visited over the last couple of months and and family members, and and I kind of pry afterwards, you know, as as we eat lunch together to try and find out, okay, what did you really think? You know, be real honest with me. You know, really tell me. You know, don't talk about the preaching. I don't want to know about the preaching, but just tell me about everything else. You know, what did you think? And over and over again, without failing, people always say, that's one of the friendliest churches I have ever walked into. You know, that the minute I walked in the front door and saw all the people in the cafe. Somebody welcomed me. And over and over again, some random person who maybe doesn't even have the job of saying hi to someone else just says, hey, I, I noticed you look like you were new today. Can I help you find where you need to go? Uh, I've got a friend, you know, he's a pastor in another church. He said to me after he came and visited, he said, can I, can I get a job there? You know, is there some, you, you have a position for me? Um, I said, well, maybe one day, but no, not yet. But, uh, but anyway, no, my family, we've experienced that. We've enjoyed that. And I trust that's the reason for why many of you have come into this place is just you've enjoyed the friendliness of this place. You've enjoyed the realness of this place. This is a special place. You know, even as I've shared the story of Genesis with some, you know, fellow pastors who, other, who are at other churches, they, they've told me, they said, Paul, you get to be a part of a special church. There's really no reason why that church should still be going today. God's not gonna let this church die. He's got a special purpose and a special mission in mind for this place. And he continues to do it through your lives, through this congregation, through this community. And I'm excited to be a part of such a special place with great staff, great volunteers, great board, great elders. All yous people. Good stuff. There's some good Kentucky talk for you. All right. The last thing is this. It's, it's, I, I, here's how I wrote it. We've got some work to do. Um, Our job as a church is just beginning. And I I find encouragement and great hope and great motivation in that because God has a specific purpose for this church. He's got a destination in mind for us. I think we might have a somewhat blurry picture of what that looks like, but we're gonna figure out what that is and we're gonna do it. Um, I wish I could have gotten up here today. I think my original purpose for today was to be able to get up here and show you these cool PowerPoint slides and maybe give you this neat handout with all these graphs and bullet points and action items of what we're gonna do as a church, but I would be lying to you if I would have told you that because we're still trying to figure that out. We're still praying about that. Uh, You could be praying for our elder team next weekend. We're gonna go on a retreat together where we're just gonna begin that process of praying, God, what is it that you want uh, for Genesis Church? But it's obvious that he's got a specific purpose for us as a community, and we just need to figure out what it is. We need to allow him to lead and get in behind him, allow him to pave the way, and trust that he'll get us to where he wants us to be. Uh, We're taking some steps towards that, though. In a couple of weeks, on January 25th, we're going to move to two worship services. Uh, We're going to move from our one service to two worship services at 9 and 10.45 a.m. Two identical services. We need to make more room uh, for more people. Uh, There are are some professionals that say that when your sanctuary is 75% full, you're full. And then it's time for you to add a second worship service. There are also others who say that new worship services are a great way to attract new people to your church. And so part of the reason why is, on, is this. On January 25th, we'll move to these two services. But there are other reasons for doing so. One of the biggest reasons is the fact that our children's ministry space is filling up, which is a great problem to have. I can't think of a greater problem to have than knowing that our children's rooms are jam-packed full of kids right now. That's a wonderful thing. We have been called to minister to children in this community, and they're coming. God is providing for the people for us uh, to minister to. And so two services will enable us to open up more space for more kids and more families that are coming into this building each week. Uh, it'll also allow, it'll also enable some of our volunteers who are serving two, three, four weeks in a row to be able to do worship every week and continue serving. It'll open the door for some of you who have maybe said, you know what, I'd love to serve, but I'd like to be in worship every week. Well, now you can. You can serve in the children's ministry. You can serve in Gen Kids and, and you, you can still be in here for worship every week. Uh, we'll have a, a greater opportunity to have a better ratio of, of students or, or children to teachers. But we need to continue improving our space, you know, for children, you know, making sure that we have the very best and safest facilities for our kids. We're maybe called to eventually expand, you know, our children's area. But we're called to reach kids. You and I, this church, we get to be a part of it. We get to be a part of God's work, and you can help. And so I just want to challenge you to think about getting involved. Another area that I was thinking about where we need to to continue moving forward is in the area of our, our ministry to students. You know, here's one of the things that I really enjoy seeing in this church, and I see it over and over again, and that is I see our middle school and high school students serving, which I think is a great testimony to the parents that are raising these kids, but I also think it speaks well of the maturity or the growth that's taking place in the lives of our students. I appreciate our volunteers that are doing a great Bible study for students on Wednesday night and taking our students to Florida uh, during the summertime, uh, we, we've begun talking about and thinking about what it means to minister to middle school students as well And, and T-Rock is kind of helping to organize a team of volunteers that are stepping forward I'm excited to tell you this On Sunday, January 25th, we're going to start a group, a class opportunity for middle school students uh, It'll take place at 1045 And uh, we'll talk more about that over the next couple of weeks But that's one of the areas where we're growing and we're moving and, and improving, I guess Uh, Another area that we're thinking about and we're praying about and we're beginning to look is what would the possibility be of bringing a student intern onto our staff, maybe beginning this spring or this summer? Uh, My start, my introduction to ministry was between my junior and senior year of college. I served for an entire summer at a church in southern Illinois. And it was a great opportunity for me, and I hope a great opportunity for that church. Wouldn't it be awesome if Genesis could be a place that helped raise up some new student ministry people uh, to help them get their started to ministry, but that we could benefit from that as a church as well with our middle school students and our high school students and and just the support to the volunteers who are already giving time to those areas. I'm excited about this. Uh, In the area of adults, you know. The big people, the adults, we're all adults, right? We can talk about adult stuff. Um, How can we create opportunities uh, for married couples, for singles, uh, to connect with one another? Because here's my belief, here's my hope, that I want you to be in worship every weekend. I think that should be a priority. But my hope and my desire for the people of this church is that not only would you have a time to worship on Sundays, but that you would also have a group of people that you can connect with and build relationships with on, on a weekly or at least a monthly basis. Just people that you can get to know. I mean, people that you can do the relationship thing, you can do the Bible study thing, and like eat nachos and pie together, you know? You know, two of my favorites. You know, you eat food together, just get to know each other. Do life together. And we're taking some steps towards that. Uh, we're going we're gonna to really put the focus on that over the ne- next year. Uh, in a couple of weeks, Sunday, January 25th, uh, we're going to have a small groups connection event. If you're not currently in a group, Uh, and like to get connected to a group of people here at Genesis, we're gonna invite you to come and be a part of that. You can read a little bit about that in your bulletin this morning. Uh, We're gonna restart something that we haven't done in a little while. It's this thing called Intro to Genesis. It's an opportunity for those of you that maybe have just been coming here over the last few months uh, to get to know the staff and maybe the elders of this church. And so on the 1st of February, we're gonna do like this 45-minute deal immediately after service, after the 1045 service, where we'll just bring in pizza, We'll sit, we'll eat together, we'll introduce ourselves to you, and just be kind of a Q& ; A time, so you can look forward to that, and, and we'll give you the exact date when we set that probably by next weekend. Um, we're seeing some great things happening in financial peace right now, with over 50 people coming in here every Tuesday night uh, to talk about money and uh, what it means to live by God's plan and God's design, and we're building relationships with one another. I want to see us do other things like that. I'd love to see us offer some opportunities to strengthen marriages. As we come together and talk about what it means to be married and to have a godly marriage, uh, I'd love for us to have some parenting opportunities where we come in and talk about you know how we keep from, from beating our kids or killing our kids because they're driving us crazy you know uh, you know how, how can we how can we parent by God's design? And I'd also love to see us over the next year create an opportunity for those who are just kind of exploring or investigating Christianity. What what's, does the Bible mean? You know what does salvation mean? that we can have these, these opportunities for people to sit down together in community and just read through the Bible together, you know, maybe under the leadership of a, of a leader. That makes sense. Uh, and just talk, about, just talk about some of these basics of, of the faith. And in the areas of reaching out, you know, we've seen some great things happen over the last year with, with Faith, Hope, and Love, and Christmas at the Creek, and all the people that volunteered, all of the gifts that were given to kids. The Living Water Project. You know how awesome that is. You know, $4,400. We're going to provide a well for a community that has never had a well before. I don't know if we can understand the weight of that, but that's awesome. And so we're beginning to taste what it's like to reach out. You know, in in seeing the slides last week of Genesis West Plains Church, you know, Jeff Smith, who the predecessor who was formerly here, uh, has gone to to plant this church in Missouri, that we've been able to be a part of that and giving to that. And I just couldn't help. But wonder last week is steve talked about that well what more could we do let's not be done you know let's get in there for the long haul and see what we can do to really help that church and that small community get off the ground and reach lost people for jesus christ i mean how can we make a difference there i've been reading this book right now entitled church unique and i won't get into it but i love the premise of it that it's this that this author has said that every church has a unique thumbprint just as every person has a unique thumbprint, every church does too. There's something specific that God is asking every church to do and we need to figure that out. And I think we're gonna figure that out over the next couple of years. So we're gonna really know and understand what it is that God wants us to do because here's another question. I've got a lot of questions. Here's another question that's been going through my mind and that is, is it a coincidence that God has placed us right here in this building, on this street, in this county? Because friends, We live in the most affluent county in the state of Indiana, but our neighbors are some of the poorest in the county. I don't think it's a coincidence that God has us right here. A couple of weeks ago, our staff, we decided to kind of reach out to the other tenants of this building, and we took them a Christmas gift. And we were able to to just serve them and to give them a gift and ask them their name and introduce themselves. And they didn't know how to take it. I mean, they thought for sure we were trying to sell something. All right, but we weren't. But I can't help but wonder, is there a possibility that God has us right here on this street for a reason? And what would happen if we figured out what that reason was? What would God decide to do in this part of Noblesville and beyond this city and to the rest of this county if we were willing to listen to him And willing to follow him And I know that for some of you That's your heartbeat And so I'm excited about that And so I think we're on our way to finding out What God wants for us I think that five years from now We're going to look back at 2009 And we're going to say that 2009 Was a defining year That's a year where we started to really Put the pieces together And God started moving And people started giving their lives to Christ All throughout this room And we see great things happening. As God has done great things in this church in the past, I believe that God is gonna do great things in this church in the future, but I think he's gonna do some awesome things in 2009. And so this morning, here's what I wanna do. I wanna invite you to take the ride with us. If you're searching for something to invest in, to get your heart around, to get your life around that could have eternal Significance that could make an eternal contribution to the work that God is doing in this world, I wanna invite you to be a part of Genesis with us and take the ride and follow God and we'll see where he leads and we'll enjoy the trip along the way. And so we've got a lot to learn, but here's what I wanna do this morning as we close. When you came in today, you should have received a, a little card, a business card, and we might have run out. And we'll have more next week if we, do, if we did run out. And I've seen to have, oh, there it is. It's a business card. And, and here's just how we're gonna conclude today. All it says is pray for Genesis. Because here's what I want. And here's what I know that our elders want in, in, in kind of leading and moving in this church. I wanna be a part of a church. I wanna be a part of a work that God is doing that's not about me It's not about what we sit in a room and figure out that would be really cool or creative to do. I want to be a part of a work that when we step back and we look at it one day, we just see God all over it. I want us to dream about possibilities that are so much greater than who we are as a church that if God doesn't show up, there will be no way at all that we will ever think about accomplishing those things. But in order to do that, we're going to have to be a praying church We're going to need praying pastors. We're going to need praying elders. But we're going to need praying people who call Genesis Church their home. And so we're going to pray together here to to conclude this time of the service this morning. But here's what I want to ask you to do. I'd love for you to take this card. And you can make copies of it if you want. But I want you to put it somewhere where you will see it every single day. You can put it on your refrigerator. You can put it on a mirror in your bathroom. You can put it on your computer screen. Tape it to your steering wheel. But take some time every day to pray for Genesis Church. You know, Pray that that God's will would be done in this church. Pray that God would provide for every need that this church ever has. Pray that people would come to know Jesus Christ and that we will be baptizing people more often than not in this church. Uh, Pray that marriages will be restored. Pray for your staff. Pray for your elders. Pray for this community, this neighborhood that we've been placed in. And let's ask God, God, what is it that you want to do through this church? You can do it as a family. You can do it in your own time. Even if you take 30 seconds or one minute every day, let's be a praying church. And let's ask God, God, what is it that you want to do? We want you to lead and we will follow and we will watch the work that you're gonna get done. I hope you'll do that. We're gonna talk about it. We're gonna pray together as a church, but I'm gonna challenge you to pray together in your own time too, as individuals and as families. And so here's how we're going to conclude this time this morning. I'm just going to invite you to bow your heads right now. And uh, we're going to start this morning. And I'm just going to give you a a minute. Here's the first thing that I'm going to ask you to pray for. And you just pray however you want to pray. And if you don't know how to pray, just tell God right now, God, I don't know how to pray. And so here it is. It's on my heart and you do with it as you choose. But here's the first thing that I want to ask you to pray this morning. God, what is it that you want to do through Genesis Church? Will you take a minute and just pray for that? second thing that I'm going to ask you to pray and then I'll I'll close this in prayer is this. God what do you want to do through me for Genesis Church? Father in heaven, I just want to thank you for this church, Lord. Uh, This is your place. We are your people. And everything we do is all for your glory, God. And we just give you thanks today that your hand has continually been on this place, guiding this church. And we are so excited about what it is that you're going to do through us to reach the people of this community and to reach the people of this world. God it is our heart's desire here this morning to say with every bit of us as one community as one church as one people of God Lord that we want you to lead and we will follow and God we pray that you would teach us how to do that we pray that you'd have grace on us when we forget that you would have mercy on us when we fail Lord but we pray that you would lead God And that you would remind that that of us often. God, what is it that you want to do through this church? How do you want us to go about doing your work, Lord? Where is it that we're going? What's the destination, Lord? I know we have an idea. We've got a decent idea of what you've called us to do. But I believe there's an even clearer picture that you have yet to reveal to us. But I also believe that the pillar of cloud, the pillar of fire is there and while we might know exactly where it is that we're going, God, we believe that every day you will guide us each step of the way if we will continually surrender ourselves and our will to you. And so, God, will you show us how to do that? And would you remind us this morning, Lord, that it begins with our individual personal life, that when we surrender ourselves to you, when we sacrifice our lives to you, God, that you truly are able to lead, and we do a better job of following. Thank you, God, for this church. Thank you for these people, Lord we look forward to all the days that you've laid before us in Jesus name